Hi there, I'm Ana Jokura, and you are listening to the English podcast, English and the Bible, Information and Transformation. Hello, hello there, dear friends. I'm Mo Sena for the English Sabbath School podcast. Lesson four for Thursday, I said Thursday, January 26th. Today's title, Special Projects, Big Jar Giving. Do you know what I'm talking about here? Yes, these projects are very important. Shall we pray? Oh, Father, thank you for teaching us that giving is loving as well. And that you loved us so much that you gave everything that mattered in the universe, in the person of Jesus. Now, Father, teach us to be a giving people, a giving people, not to be just um, receiving, but worried about helping others to learn about the plan of salvation and how we can be a blessing to others as you bless us so much. It is in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So, special projects, big jar given. Research has shown that only about 9% of people's assets are liquid and could be contributed as an offering on a moment's notice. Cash, checking, savings, money market funds, and so on are generally considered liquid assets, at least for those possessing things like this. Most of our assets, about 91%, are invested in real estate, such as our homes, our livestock, if we are rural, or other non-liquid items. Um, and that I'm um, start thinking about cryptocurrency, but focus more, focus, focus. But the differences in the percentages of liquid and non-liquid assets can be illustrated by putting 1,000 pennies into different glass jars, with 10 pennies representing each percentage point. So you would have 90 pennies in a small jar, representing the 9% liquid assets, and 910 pennies in a large quart-sized jar, representing the 91% of non-liquid assets. Most people give their offerings or contributions from the small jar, from their liquid assets. This is what they have in their checking account or pocketbook. But when someone really gets excited about something, they give from the big jar. The Bible tells many such stories. <laughs> Sorry, Val, but I needed Leroy. Yeah, this kind of subject really is a doozer for me. Oh, father, I want to fall asleep. But anyway, thank you, Leroy, for waking me up. Did you, did, did he wake you up too, my friends? <laughs> no, some people love talking about these issues. Not me, not me, but that's okay. But the lesson brings this following question here. Who were the main characters at Simon's feast and what was the value of Mary's gift? Why did she anoint Jesus at this time? So let us open our Bibles. Come on, now that you are awake, open your Bibles to Mark chapter 14, verses 3 through 9. I'm going to be reading from the NIV, the New International Version, but please feel free to use any translation that you prefer. While he was in Bethany, reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. 
Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, Why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly, said Jesus. Leave her alone. Why Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, and you can help them anytime you want. But you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. And John 12, 2-8 Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of Pernard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Jesus replied, Leave her alone. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Wow, two accounts of the same story in Mark and John. Isn't it amazing? And different details, different ways of expressing the idea. And we get light from one gospel to the other. That's why it's important for us to read the whole Bible, not just one part of it. But getting, comparing verse with verse, text with text. So here we have the question. Who were the main characters at Simon's Feast? And what was the value of Mary's gift? Why did she anoint Jesus at this time? Yeah, Get a piece of paper, a pen, a pencil and write it down, my friends. Mary's gift was worth 300 denarii. It corresponded to a full year's wages. It was most, most likely a big jar gift. Following this incident, Judas betrayed Jesus for a little more than one third of that amount. A little jar gift, 30 pieces of silver. It takes real love and commitment to make big jar gifts, yes, from our investments. But when we get greedy, like Judas, we can sell our souls for next to nothing. Mm -mm. The work and activities of Barnabas are mentioned 28 times in the New Testament. We know him primarily as a companion to the Apostle Paul and as a great missionary. Uh, By the way, opening the parenthesis here, I love the smooth transition from Jesus and Mary and Mary anointed Jesus' feet and Judas Iscariot. Suddenly we are talking about Barnabas. (laughs) Focus, Mo, focus, focus. Okay, breathe. We know Barnabas primarily as a companion to the Apostle Paul and as a great missionary. But the foundation for all of this is established in the first passage where he is mentioned. In Acts 4, 36-37, we read of his giving, truly, a big jar offering. Let us take a look at that then. Acts 4, 36-37. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. What a powerful example of Christ's words, for where your treasure is, 
there your heart will be also. Yes. Just opening another parenthesis here, my friends, I, I get the idea of this big jar concept, but uh, many times a person doesn't have a big jar to give from. <laughs> if you have only a small jar, what can you do, right? But I understand it's a sacrificial giving, giving of what you don't. That's why I think that we must be very careful about um, the auditing and controls of the recipient as well. Example, I know a story of a conference in the state of Sao Paulo that they uh, received as a present uh, a house uh, donated by a woman who was not even a member of the church, but she gave the house because the church was next to it on the condition that that uh, house was going to be used to um, advance the cause of the gospel and expand the land of the church and the school attached to it but uh, that was not what happened <laughs> so the person gave sacrificially but uh, it was misused and nothing happened to the misusers so uh, yes I, I, I know I know I get you it's a delicate issue money it's always delicate I think it's more delicate more sensitive than sex isn't it a very serious subject indeed but the final question is, why is sacrificial giving as important for the givers as for the recipients? And it's nice, this topic, in the sense that we haven't been talking about it. In the past, I remember, I would hear in church, thank you for your sacrificial offerings. Thank you for your sacrifices. But now um, we give out of what we have, right? So I have, and many times, not even we we do that, right? I have $10.00. And I, instead of returning $1, I return 50 cents, 40 cents. And then I say, it's more than enough <laughs> to return. So we have to learn and relearn um, what it means to be giving and when uh, sacrificial giving is required. But the author is right. When you love a project, you are willing to embrace the project. You are willing to give uh, from the big chore. Uh, definitely, definitely. So many people have already done that. May the Lord be gracious to, uh, to them and gracious unto you if you are willing to sacrifice for the cause of the gospel, isn't it? It's the greatest cause in the world. Um, well, this is Lesson 4 for Thursday, January 26th. For more information, please contact us on Facebook or Instagram. Thank you, Dickens, for reminding us. Uh, we are available on any podcast, uh, available on any podcast platform, including WhatsApp and Telegram. Thank you for listening. Thank you for telling your friends about our podcast. And thank you for praying with us and for us. What the Dickens? <laughs> Have a blessed day, my friends.